When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, uh, yeah. We've got the vibe on deck, bro. Four dope brothers talking sports, so let's go. If you could just imagine some dudes into music, get together to talk trash about whose teams are losing. So here we go, Deke Turner, John Lane, Trey Illy, Jay Hill, the MVP, court in the history. So now what? They got their mics and gizmos, podcast rep up for DC, what it is, Mo, yeah. Welcome to Sports and Things, a weekly podcast where we go in depth on sports and music topics of the week. Featuring John Lane, Trey Ely, Jay Hill, and host Dennis Turner. Oh, okay. Uh, welcome to Sports and Things, everybody. This, uh, this is. <laughs> I thought we were going to a video. Caught you off guard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this is uh, the sports podcast where we are musicians who love to talk sports and we talk music and everything else above. And I'm thanks. your host, Dennis Turner. Uh, with me, I have John Lane and Trey Ely. We're waiting on uh, Jay Hill, um, who's running a little late. Uh, but thank you guys for tuning in. Um, we're going to wait for some people to come into the room, but I'm just going to explain to you guys what we're doing today because this is a special edition of Sports and Things um, and why we're doing it. So uh, in 2006, we lost the great James J. Yancey, and we decided at Sports and Things to do a, a show to pay homage and tribute to the life and music of J. Dilla. And it's Dilla Week. Yeah, it's Dilla Week for sure. And hey. we have Look some at special this. guests. And the first special guest that we have, the most important guest that we have on this day. The is most Mrs. important. Mrs. Yancey, a.k.a. Modix. Thank you for joining us. Thank Absolutely. you for having me. We really do appreciate it. Um, so yeah, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a panel. We we this is day two of the panel, and we have uh, an array of artists that were a part of the DC Loves Dilla show that was started by Jay. Uh, uh, I say Jay, John Lane, Munch, and DJ Rod. So let me uh, introduce the panel, and then we can get going on these questions. Uh, we have Camber. Say what up, Camber? What up? Peace. Kobe is a mouse. Hello, everybody. Hello. Slim Cat. Peace. 
What up, Slim? And the host of DC Loves Dilla, Grab Lover. What up, Grab? Love, y'all. What up, family? What up, Slim? And I'm seeing at the bottom of my screen uh, the talented Wes Felton. Yeah, Dub. Hello, y'all. How y'all doing? Right, right. So I'm going to hand it over to Trey. Trey's going to be the moderator as he was yesterday for the show, and he's going to uh, just get us through this two-hour uh, extravaganza. Trey, you have it. Thank, thank you, Pastor Turner. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> <You're the guest laughs> we're going to get into the show. Um, so uh, uh, for those who uh, uh, tuned in last night, uh, thank you for tuning in both nights. But I also yeah. need you to bear with us. We might have to repeat a few things. Um, so um, just want to kind of let you guys know, Sports of Things, like Dennis said, we're a sports podcast that's created by musicians. Um, we are musicians for at heart. So even though we love sports and <laughs> for us by us, and we <laughs> typically talk about sports for most of our podcasts and just, you know, do a segment on entertainment and music as well. Just the first um, two hours. Yeah, just, right. Jesus, Lord. <laughs> so, um, uh, it, 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 even though we do that, um, what, what we what we are doing today is a special episode and it is dedicated to music and it's dedicated to your producer's favorite producer um, yes. and yeah, your favorite absolutely. producer's favorite producer. There's a yes. lot of producers. So uh, there's a lot of producers talking about a producer who is the producer of producers. So anyway, <laughs> um, I'd like to thank our guests for uh, coming out and joining us. Um, and also, uh, just want to kind of let you know how we operate. This is for our panelists, too. Uh, this is kind of loose and, and, and free. We have a good time. Uh, we're not really stiff and, 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 and you know. We join on each other here and there. Just kind of just flow with it. Yes, we definitely join on each other. And um, like I said, in the heart, we are musicians, and our resident drummer actually keeps time for us, and I think that's pretty cool. So, if you see me, uh, uh, and this is to the panelists, if I have to move you along, please don't feel insulted. It's not personal, but we got a whole show to do in a little bit of time, yeah. and it's probably John telling me to move you along anyway. So, if I cut you, you off, you cut John man. out, not me. We need to say that man from Apollo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, seriously, I'm just the messenger. If something if something bad happens, it was either Marty or John that told me to do it. Um, what up, so Jay Hill? That's the thing. Jay what Hill up, made it. Evil? Oh, Jay Hill's in the house. In the, hey, in the hey, capital. Yeah, made it. Up, Arena. There you go. People, people, my right. dudes. So we've we've done enough formalities, so let's get into the questions. Yeah. So uh, the first segment is origins, like we did last night. So um, first person that I want to talk to is our most special guest. We have Miss uh, Yancey here, my Dukes, and uh, we're honored. Very, I'm honored to have you. This is the first time I'm meeting you, so I'm, I'm definitely honored to be able to ask you some questions. So first, uh, first question I want to ask is, what was your expectation uh, going into the different tributes that you participated in? Going into them, what was your expectation? Okay. I never really had any... Um great expectations because of the love and the camaraderie of every uh, every single tribute. Uh, I knew that uh, it was like when you when you enter any Dilly event, it was so much love to a lot of, I think a lot of things that one might have complained about uh, was like not there. Uh, it, it was always real, the real 
and uh, everyone performed to their very best, and uh, everybody had to act together. You know, it was like no stuff. It was um, it was just good. It was uh, superb, and especially the DC Love Dealer. I look forward to that. So that was like the one thing that I knew that I was gonna miss. I didn't care what happened anywhere else. I was Ooh, going there. Yeah. One flight. I was going to make. And that's, a, that's a real thing. I look forward wow. to it. Yeah, and I just absolutely. felt like it was a part of who I was. I was embraced with love. And it was not some just seasonal thing. It was truly love. And I knew wow. that the comments that were given to me and the things that they said about my son was true uh, from individuals. And they were very patient and seemed to be concerned about how I felt and not to overwhelm me with anything. But I know when somebody's giving their very best and it's for the right reason, you just feel it. And I, I just got it every single time. And each year it just grew and was bigger and bigger. How could I expect anything? It was like a few months from day one. But each year, I didn't know what else to expect. You know, even if it had been the same as the year before, but each year it was like more grand, you know, and, mm -hmm. and uh, mind blowing. It was mind blowing because remember, even his hometown didn't participate or acknowledge him for many years. Wow. But DC held him mm -hmm. up. And I'm going to say this for other um, entertainers that I know, and I've watched people in the entertainment world for many, many years before Dilla. And to be uh, someone that went to, DC to perform that was off the chain that, I mean that was it you were somebody if you were going there then you already was, you was already made and you know you were on your way because you didn't get the camaraderie or the attention or the love in your own hometown but DC was different platform you could be about your business as long as you brunt you know stuff it was there you know, and, and it was an audience for everybody and they showed love. They weren't afraid. It was wasn't hating on each other. It was just like <laughs> different. Wow. It was true love for the That's arts. Right. And you know when somebody really has it for the arts. You know it. Because mm. you got some of everything there. That's all I can say. Oh, and that's why yeah. I love DC wow, so much. Big. And that's why I was so quick to leave the right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, man. Well, that's, beautiful. you know, that's, that's heartwarming and beautiful to hear. And um, so good, good night, ladies and gentlemen. That's yeah, all that's we right. need to hear. Thank you for a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Wow. We said to put you first, we should have saved you for last. Yeah, and so, wow. so like I was saying, this is typically a sports podcast, and that's a crazy thing about this town. I think maybe we should talk about music more than we talk about sports, because when we talk about sports, oh, it's, it's sad. It's yeah. sad. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sad. a very melancholy feeling. Yeah. Oh yeah. Can you believe I, it? I, this, they I call me Angry Trey. This beautiful <laughs> smiling face here, they call me angry because we talk what? about sports. Ain't let it fool you, Ma. That's because we talk about the Wizards and the football team. That's because we Talk about and we rarely talk about the Nationals who won world championships. I talk about the Nationals. Yeah, I saw why, about. but the other two guys don't. Ooh, not, we don't talk baseball, sorry. Baseball anyway. And we start anyway. with those segments, too. We should end with those segments. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Trey. You got it, man. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, Grab, did you want to weigh in on um, your expectations uh, for the, the uh, tributes when you came on? 
Um, uh, when I first, the first one I did, I was very nervous um, um, in, in performing, but I think what got me looked at as a host for the, for the following uh, shows was that um, when I set, told my story of how I met Dilla and how we went to Detroit and all of that other stuff. And, you know, Can you tell that story? Because that's an amazing story. Hospitality. Yeah, um, so we, we, you know, Pete gets the, here's the tape with Tip. Tip brings the tape around. I wasn't around for that party. Here's the tape. He, he goes crazy. Who's this kid? Pete Rock. He's right. like, yo, Jay Dilla. Yes, Pete Rock. Um, so uh, somehow or another, he, he gets his number and calls him. And from what Pete told me, um, his dad, rest in peace, answered the phone. And he was like, um, you know, Pete told him who he was. He's like, oh, you the guy he's going crazy over. Hold on, man. <laughs> and he came oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so once, we, once they connected, um, he, he, I guess he asked him about doing a song. So we went out there to Detroit. And um, when we got... To, you know, we flew to, flew out flew out there with Pete. We got out to the airport. We waiting, and all of a sudden, this Lexus Land pulls up, and on the plate it says Uma. I was like, "That's him, yo!" So wow, we yeah. walk over to the truck. He opens the he opens the window, and main ingredient is just blasting out out the truck. Wow! Um, Pete Rock and Field Smooth's main ingredient uh -huh. blasting out the truck. Talk about humbleness, big man. big. Kool-Aid smile on his face like, what up, though? What up, though? He's like, yo, what up, yo? You know what I mean? And it was just love, man. It was just love from there. You know what I mean? And we wow. had to, we, he was like, we as we got in the truck, we playing, he's playing main ingredient. People was like, man, nah, we, I heard that enough, man. I went, what's up with your stuff? So that's when he started, he played us like Find A Way, Instrumental. Mm. He played oh, us like BBM and, and Players. Yeah, and Players. This mm. was like right wow. before. I think only Fantastic was out at that time. So yeah, mm. yeah we heard wow. it early. So man, yeah, your energy, grab your energy was just always like what the people needed, because you we always had a set group of people that either didn't know why they were there, or they knew why they were there. But you kind of, you brought everybody together. Like anytime you you hit the stage, it was like, all right, y'all, I don't know why y'all here, do you? Hold on. <laughs> right, right. We we fed, we here to represent Dilla family. Yeah. So love the Jay Dilla. Straight yeah, up and down. Man. And I'm going to show you how we do it. And yeah. Yeah. What What was great? All day. What was great about Grap was after the after like halfway through the first show that he hosted, you know we we generally had a script for him. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But but Grap Grap flew off the cuff because the crowd was not into it at. All. Yeah, and he was like, man, he just threw the script away, and he threw a curveball, and he just woke the crowd up, and that's when I knew that Grap needed to be the host. All he had to do was because, know who was um, next, like who's next. That, that's it. That's all he needed to know was who was next, and he took care of the rest. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, sorry to get off topic, Trey. <laughs> no, nah, oh, all good. It, guys. Thank you. Yeah, and it really got right. comfortable when you started dancing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, remember, exactly. you're the timekeeper, so. Um, so yeah, cool. So uh, next question um, is uh, for John, uh, and and I actually I think I'm gonna have Professor Aaron weigh in on this too. Um, speaking of that, um, I don't 
believe we formally met before, but um, so this might be the first time, but I'm actually a huge Aaron Broaddus fan. Um, So, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, I I first heard Aaron when uh, he played with Kirk Wellum on uh, Gospel According to Jazz Chapter 3. I was there. And um, he, yeah, he introduced him, and I'm like, Nah, I don't know if I can, you know, put together the couple degrees of separation. But I, I thought about it. I'm like, he's got a guy from here. I probably know somebody who knows him. And smallest world ever, you know. Uh, some years later, it's like my my boy John is like best friends with him and stuff. And I'm like, wow. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If you uh, if you play music in this town, you know somebody who at least knows the person. Easily. If you don't it's know, easily. Him, so. it's a very close knit yeah. family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Right. Yeah. So, with that being said, um, as a, as a jazz major and a musician, uh, can you kind of talk about what it was that attracted you to Jay Dilla and his music? So, uh, John, you go ahead, and then then Aaron after after John. So, uh, in college, I went to uh, uh, Aaron and I both went to uh, George Mason University in Fairfax, Virginia, and um, they didn't have a jazz major there, but we were both severely attracted to jazz music. And that was really when I started to hone my craft in jazz music. But I was still in love with hip hop. And by the time I got into college, the groups that I was listening to were like Public Enemy and Gangstar. And those groups were starting to filter into the underground. I talked about this a little bit last night. Can I just interject that you're really old? Yes, (laughs) you can. Damn. Yeah. What did you okay. take long? Um, Gangstar and Public <laughs> Enemy. That was like, was that like middle school? 16 minutes in. Anyway. That was your middle school. <laughs> was school. You know what I'm Anyway. Your middle school. Anyway, let me adjust my wheelchair here. So, um, <laughs> I, uh, I was still in love with hip hop. And when I first heard Running, which I believe was like 95, 94, 95, mm-hmm. that, that had a huge impact because I was hearing the type of hip-hop that I missed hearing on mainstream radio and not that I wasn't a fan of Biggie or Tupac or anything like that but that type of hip-hop that was non-boom bapish like I just needed to hear those type of drums and I needed to hear like that Brazilian guitar like the, the, the chords that's what a jazz musician is attracted to so hearing that style of hip-hop woke woke me up and I needed to know who that was so i was going back to old far side records and trying to figure out if the, the dude who produced passing me by was doing it and i i look on the back of the far side record and it's a dude named jd i'm like i don't know who this dude is but you know i gotta i gotta study this dude a lot more and then the next next thing i hear i'm on um okplayer.com and Questlove gave his rare five afro picks on fantastic volume two and he said if you love the roots, if you love Common, if you love D'Angelo, he said, I guarantee and I will bet all the money in the world that you will fall in love with this album. And the next day I went out and bought Fantastic Volume 2 and I swear to God, I listened to that album front to back every day for five months. Like the girl I was dating was mm. practically sick and tired of here in Slum Village because that's all that I played because it literally changed my life because wow. I love listening to jazz music, but I was 
my heart was so deep into hip hop and I was missing that element of hip hop so much that it just attracted me. It, 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 it really, it's what made me want to start making beats. And it actually made me change how I play drums too. Because Dilla taught drummers that you don't have to be perfect when you're playing and you don't have to be perfect when you're producing. It's all about the feel. And he mastered the art of feel on a freaking MPC of all things. Like, right. Tell me any other producer that can master the swing and feel like Dylan. So that was his impact on me during, during my college years. Yeah, that's dope. And, uh, you know, I agree. Um, kind of, I got into, um, well, how do I answer this question? I didn't get into his music later. I got into him as a producer later. Like I was like, oh, that was him. That's the guy we talked about mm-hmm. it yesterday. So um, coming from the instrumental music and and and, and jazz and, and all that stuff route, I was like, wow, there is like a swing and a feel that's like kind of organic in this music. You know, like yeah. this is like this is really cool. Like this, I hear stuff that my head naturally just starts bobbing to and. Um, you know, um, I say that as somebody who grew up listening to hip hop, but also somebody who grew up listening to a lot of jazz and fusion and uh, and, and all that other stuff. It's so, just that uh, real live band interaction that he was able to emulate. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, surreal. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Aaron, my bad. Aaron, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I got to know Dilla through, through John, mainly. He's the one that introduced me to Dilla because he would come over and produce and 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 he would bring all of his Dilla tracks with him. And so I would hear this at, at, in my place and I'm like, man, who, you know, I'm like, you know, who's this cat? So, you know, one of, one of, I guess one of the first tunes besides running, um, you know, there's Tainted um, that mm-hmm. I liked and uh, Fall in Love. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and, and the way John and I do things sometimes, uh, the song Players, it sings, Claire. Mm-hmm. Oh, Anyone that we knew with the name Claire, we never said their name. We'd always sing it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Including, including students. Claire. Yep. Yeah, uh, everywhere. <laughs> and, you know, it was just, and I had to sit there and listen because it was so different. And I was like, you yeah, know, this is, this is cool because it was never, you know, exactly on the beat. It was yeah so mm-hmm. far not, you can say so far behind not so far behind but it's musicians speak so far behind <laughs> right, right. And so, you know, what he did with that it was just you know even when i think about it i just this is what i do you know and it so it was very neat um and then running those rehear- not running those rehearsals but setting up for those rehearsals and 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 meeting you know guys from some village and um uh music soul child um, mm-hmm. Having him come into Georgetown, um, and you know, I was able to provide a rehearsal space uh, for the rehearsals. Use a man and, with the key. Well, yeah, I was yeah, in the literally. sound system, and so that was a little intimidating, <laughs> yeah. you know, to be running sound for these guys and to make sure that they could hear. Um, By the way, it, bear, it does bear mentioning that it's the reason that that space, that rehearsal space at Georgetown oh, University, yeah. was because of Aaron. Aaron yeah. used to run the uh, pep band and the jazz band there. And we started the first rehearsal we ever had was at Howard University. Yep. When Aaron and I were getting our graduate degrees. But when we oh, graduated, right. we couldn't use that space anymore. And Aaron was like, well, I, I'm working at Georgetown, man. Just, just just come through. So, you know, we go with Aaron. And, and of course, 
you know, Aaron had all the studio equipment. I had none. So I would just go over to his house and I would bring all the, all of the, I'm sorry, Mrs. Yancey, but I, I was one of the ones that downloaded Dilla's beats off LimeWire. But I would, I would bring them, I'd bring them to Aaron's house and I would just play. I would just play his beats for everybody. Because and I, didn't I was like, y'all got I, had, I didn't have yeah. to buy anything because, you know, he had he was using my computer and some of his stuff ended up on my stuff. So, yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just yeah. it's just a friendly Somebody little Somebody got to spread the word. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There you go. There you go. Uh, but it was, you know, it was tremendous, tremendously exciting, um, especially to see how much it grew and how many people were into it and how much love from the community for Jay Dilla. And then, you know, the the icing on the cake really is just, you know, a couple of years ago, a few years ago when visiting the African American Museum to see mm-hmm. his MP3, oh, MPC um, <laughs> there, you know, I just kind of stood there and looked at it, which goes to, Yo. you know, it goes to show you he was himself. He was just him. Um, he wasn't imitating anybody. He had his own thing and I think that's what it's really about when it comes to all of us we just need to do our own thing dope yeah, dope yeah. dope yeah it's very Ooh, cool very love cool love that yes. mm-hmm. alright so um, one more question um, and I think this this question I've asked it to a couple guys but this will probably wrap up our segment um, but um, starting with Slim Slim Cat where you at um can you uh, briefly talk about the rehearsals and your experience kind of learning the music, preparing for the shows? Uh, I mean, it, it was sort of easy to me because I've been a student of Dilla since 96. So it was pretty much me and uh, me and uh, John Lang going back and forth like, how can we make it sound just as organic or how can we make it sound how, how we can make the feel just you know just as organic as it was when we listened to the beats so um yeah you know i just i just took time to incorporate like the sounds that i had in the, in the mpc and added to the band the band i mean I, I feel like during the rehearsals i just feel like we just got right into it like it was just like it was no talk we just tried to figure out like the segues and, and i mean everything was just pretty cool you know just pretty much we were just off the field off the vibe and uh it went really well i mean you know yeah it's one of the few times it was you know the rehearsals were n- nobody was about themselves everyone was about yeah. the music yeah right. yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's slim cat is slim cat yeah. is responsible for uh showing me all of the sources that dilly used for his sample like wow this was before youtube and he was he was, <laughs> he was, he was you know, i would i would hit i would hit him up i'm like yo i'm like dog like what's what did he use for players he's like oh i got that at home he's like that's that thing is unlimited i got that in you my know? house in yeah, my exactly house. in my house <laughs> i'm like man this this you want to talk about somebody that studies dilla slim slim cat studies studies dilla for real so Definitely appreciate it. Nice, nice, nice. One of the first questions I had for uh, uh, Ma Dukes was like, um, "How did how did they take the time to uh, to organize his records?" (laughs) (laughs) 
she she gave me the gems. She gave me the gems, and I've I've been doing like I think since last year. I think I got everything organized to the point where <laughs> oh okay, you know, okay. go right to where I need to go. Right. <laughs> See, that's, that's what I'm working on right now. Yeah. For Mama Listen, listen. I went to I went when we went to the basement. When we went to the basement in um Detroit, when he took us down there, I um I literally asked him, I was like, yo, you got that Janet Jackson remix? Um the one you did, the J D Z thing? He's like, Hold up. He's like, Hey, hey, right here, boom. and I put it on tape right there in the basement. Yo, he, man, he, he was like a file cabinet, man. He went right to the record. <laughs> went right to the record and he got knew it. where everything was, was, man. Like, wow. He knew where everything was. He didn't have no labels. Yeah. He could just immediately go to like yeah. I would love to be a fly on the wall when he made uh, reminisce because that record was like yeah. six, like half a dozen records. And I could just see him now. Oh yeah, it was this one. It was this one. It was this. Like I bet he he could just find him off the cuff in like five seconds. Man. Sure. It's crazy. Sure. Nice. Hey, so uh, Camber, uh, why don't you weigh in on um, uh, on your uh, experience preparing for the shows? Uh, coming in, watching these guys get ready to get busy for an artist like myself being young in the DC scene. It was nerve-wracking. Um, it was with all these talented musicians, and I'm like, how am I going to pull off a Dillaverse? But, um, you know, it, <laughs> you know it, everybody, was, everybody was so welcoming and so warming, and, you know, it, it really was a family, and it was like, yo, as long as you came prepared, you know, you came in, you did your piece. If John Lane gave you the thumbs up, then, you know, you got to go. That was that's, – that's how it was for me, and um, I, just, I just remember – even being in the car in front of the clubs, listening to the songs over and over, knowing that I know it, but it's like, I got to go in front of all these people and perform this Dillaverse. Like, <laughs> the last thing I want to do is mess it up. But it up, um, it up. rehearsal was awesome. Um, I, you know, I, I remember being at rehearsal and it was almost like being at the show because you got to see the ins and outs and how John Lane would say, oh, no, we need this right here. This, the kick hits here and then the bass comes in. Or, you know, mm-hmm. they just dissected it so great. Um, you know, I got to be a fly on the wall in rehearsal, so I'll, I'll never take that for granted. It was awesome. Dope, dope, dope. All right, thank you, Camber. Yeah, man. So we're getting ready to uh, take our first break. Uh, this is bringing this segment to a close. Um, in the next segment, we're going to get to hear from our panelists some more, and we're going to get to hear from my man Wes Felton as well. Um, we're going to get him in the mix too. Um, so it's a break for us, but for you guys in the audience, it is not a break. You guys are going to get to see some footage, listen to some music, so you guys can't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, hey you are beautiful, man. God damn, it's packed in here. Hands in the sky uh. one time, y'all. Yo, it's right here. We're the place to be. We can't find our sitting on PJD. You touch the sky. Let me see you wave your hands up. Yeah! 
was looking at to be a better wow. man. All right, stop. Uh, wow. Wow. Yeah, that, uh, oh, back by the player. Jay Hill is. Yo, Cambridge, y'all, y'all absolutely. Ooh, is yeah. 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 I'll tell man. you, that, that, was, that was a lot more fun than the first time I did McNasty Phil. <laughs> well, you had that. help this time. Didn't you have oh, to do the yo, first time you did that? Cat, you did it by yourself, right? Yeah, it was solo. Yeah. You talked yeah, about, you talked about nervous before. That was real nervous. I remember getting <laughs> off stage and Stylus grabbing me and like shaking me. I thought I did something wrong. He was like, Nick Nasty Filth, I can't believe you just did that. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's like, yes. <laughs> Let me bring yeah. the One of the greatest of things about that. You did your thing, though. One of the greatest things about that song is that um, you, you don't notice it. Actually, Brock, who was the guitar player and the co-sampler in that song during the show, he reminded me that Dill had like this, um, I'm sorry, Madlib had this uh, shaker sound and he would mimic in the hook whatever Dilla was was rapping. So it's Frank Dank Dilla, chase the paper, blaze him up, then the bitch that race the stage. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. So he yeah. matched whatever Dilla was saying. Like those two, good Lord, can you imagine what both of those would be doing like right now? Yeah, man. That's sick. That's insane. Wow. Wow. Some yeah. ill live album. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry. Yeah. Take it over, Trey. Hey, nothing wrong with a little reminiscing. So I got another question for my Dukes here. Yes. Um, it's a tough one. This okay. is a tough one. So question here is which DC Loves Dilla local performer or headliner was your favorite and why? Ha! <laughs> yeah, that's that's nasty. You know, I don't want a favorite. <laughs> I, I don't, everybody already knows that the MC is my my very very best. And it's just one. There is none above him, and that's Grap. Grap Lover. All right. But, you know, Thank you, Ma. Thank you. I love all the performers. I can't say that I love one more than the other because I went home just like dreaming and and hearing and seeing and. I went back to the DJs like in a dream, in a cloud. <laughs> and, wow. and I enjoyed like the whole show. That's why I couldn't stay away. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. that's what helped make me an old hip hop head. You know, y'all took me for classic <laughs> hip hop. I was like, <laughs> I don't think I bought an opera record since then. You know, like, I turned hip hop. You turned. DC changed my life. Oh man! Oh man! That's hey, wonderful. And that's on the real. Like... You see, that's where I got my husband. Glad to be a part. See, got what's going on, on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Top of the line, cream of the crop. That's where it's at. Chocolate City is we not there as long as you got it. Yeah. Hey, they, you know, I know love it changed city. before I left, but that's where that's where it's at. Wow, and that's how we know we're not talking about sports. Can nobody take that away? tonight. Exactly. Hey, it's a sport. It's a sport of love. Uh, yeah, oh, so, that's so true. Hey, so, so my dukes, you know, yes. you know that some things are implied. If DC loves Dilla, then DC loves my dukes. So we just want to let oh, you know. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, you know absolutely. what? DC, DC showed that love, and I felt good. I didn't uh, worry about it. I told my family, "Well, you got to come to DC." And <laughs> I mean, I invited them, and I would still be there had I not, you know. Um, 
decided, with, you know, to move to the warmer climate because my That's health was getting yeah. better. You know, but that weather, that weather was like biting, you know. No, we know that. It's cold. We're biting right now. We're biting right now. Right now. Right. I'm sweating bullets. I think I can handle the sweat. Look, we jealous. Jealous of it. I think I like 80 degree weather, you know, 89. Year round. I'm with you on that. I'm definitely with you on that. All right. So the next person I want to ask is Mr. Wes Felton. But Wes, before you answer... I What's just that? want to let you know that you cannot say yourself. Can't say yourself. I knew you. If you do. <laughs> let, me, let me explain something to you. Wow. Come on, man. The last person What's who the did question? that on this podcast hasn't been back since. What's the oh, question? Very true. And then play that. We're not, not, not going to say his name. That's the question. Don't, don't <laughs> you know who it is, Dub. Don't say his name. Wait, well, why do you blame me? <laughs> oh, I, I know who it is. Yeah, well, don't, don't, don't say it's all of us, but I'm no. still going to blame you because Dennis just casually just doesn't bring it up anymore. Please do not say his name. I don't bring it up. Wes, who was your favorite? Who was your favorite, favorite out of what? Your favorite your performance? Favorite performance. You can't say yourself, man. You can't say nah, yourself. Nah, I think, we'll see, real quick, first of all, just to piggyback off of uh, my Dukes, so I actually performed in the actual first Jay Dilla tribute ever, which was at SOBs in New York City. That's true. That and Darryl oh. Jones was on there. And Ra- uh, Robert Glasper oh. was the keyboardist. Wow. Darryl Jones, Jones was the drummer. Yeah. Uh, it was me, Farrell Munch, Bilal. Uh, I want to say Frank and Dank might have been there, and a couple of other people. But I, let me let me just nice. attest. Let me just say to her, it was light years. You guys, what you guys, what DC Loves Dilla was doing was light years ahead of what we yeah. did at, at SOBs. Like, oh, it wasn't, but also I think because it, it had just happened, it was a it was something where literally folks just called people up. Right. I, I, you know, cats knew that I was a Dilla fan even back then. And so I guess they were like, well, let's call him in. And then they just reached out. But my, my favorite performance, uh, it was... definitely Bilal. Um, The reason why is because I I believe that, you know, for me, whenever Bilal would perform, uh, uh, you know, reminisce, I think what was beautiful about it was him being able to tell the actual story. Like, I'm a fan of the idea of making art that's not literal sometimes. And what, 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 what Bilal not only did, you know, singing that song incredibly as he does every time, but what he also did was he he broke down to you like the process of making the record and how literally in the words he's describing it. He's describing walking, you know, coming in through this door, you know, you, you know, uh, you, you know, he just he, he was telling he talks about how he was describing, uh, you know, in the midst of hallways and sliding doors. Right. Missing right. Link. A very, very obscure, right? He was describing Dilla grabbing all those little bits and pieces. The links are very obscure. Exactly. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) So go. Let's go. So so it's important. It's important that people understand that what made Dilla powerful. But also what made him be able to, I think why he resonates with certain types of artists is because 
he he it's like you guys say he's behind almost it's almost like it's almost like you kind of have to like take the risk of like not being afraid to be one step behind in order to be ahead of everybody you know um a lot of times people when they think of wolves you know they they think of wolves as these aggressive folks, um, aggressive animals. But what people don't understand is that the leader of the pack is in the back when it when wolves lead. Right. And right. Jay Dilla, for me, was like one of those. And I always felt like Bilal um, Oliver was one of those type of artists as well, where the world or or the scene might project him as one thing. But when it comes to his own identity and self as an artist, he dictated his method so you know to 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 be able to like to be able to see stuff like that it was it was great you know like so definitely whenever Bilal performed that it was dope um and uh I wouldn't say I my was my favorite but I will say I really enjoyed doing diamonds like that was that's a hard that's a hard thing that was a hard yeah that was a yeah, it was at the Black yeah, Cat. Yeah. I think I might have borrowed somebody's jewelry. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you did. did. You know? <laughs> and, oh, I remember uh, that. I remember yeah, that. that. We got Tobias up there too. No, no, yeah. that was that was a different one. That was a different one. Oh. I got Tobias up there when I did. That was the, a uh, the, 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 the Oh, yeah. But that diamonds joint was at the black cat and so I, I, yeah. I that was a difficult as as camber was mentioning you know the thing about dilla is like beside him beside him obviously being a, a dynamic producer he what made him dynamic as an mc was that he also i enjoyed him as an mc because i i pattern myself to believe that when i rap i try to i try to equate it to like a sax solo or a trumpet solo so you you so the same way that sometimes a sax player might start off warming it up and then he gets all into a solo. Like that's how I try to approach rapping. And, um, I feel like Dela Dilla had that, op- I had that ability to do that too. You know, where he could be like, you know, blah, 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 blah. So he, he wasn't afraid to take risk in terms of the cadence of his delivery, which he took liberties. Yeah. For years in rap, they only told you if you only rapped a certain way that that was legitimate or legitimate rap. So yeah, yeah. so def- those 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 are my 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 definitely uh, my favorite moments of uh, the Dilla tributes for sure. All right, very dope. You know, Wes. At first, the way you started off, I thought you was gonna violate that rule because you started talking about the SOBs thing. You know, I was like, oh. But no, well, no, 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 I, I think I killed it. Well, SOBs on the first like, 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 me. Like, well, see, no, no, for me, for me, I just think that it's important. I just think that it's important that you know when we're talking about black artists that we really, we really try to, we try to keep the history, the full history of certain things. So then that way folks can really understand that when people say like DC loves Dilla is dope, that's not just, they're not saying it because they're the only ones who tried it or it was because of a certain caliber or any of that. I was just piggybacking because I know my dukes know like, because I've seen, I seen the joints before DC Dilla too. And 
I'm, I'm like, like Camber will tell you, I did a record that was a tribute to Dilla. Uh, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. It was called Welcome to the DC. And yeah. I had like, I had, you know, I had from Stacey Epps to Camber to, I got a song that Kev Brown. Lab and, Tech One, I thought too. And, yeah, Lab Tech One, Kev Priest Brown. Was on there. Priest uh, Nomad. Yeah. Uh, Raheem Devon. Uh, you know, so, so I, 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 I think it's important that people really know the full you know, history that it has been tried and many have failed. And DC loves Dilla has is the one that has stood the, you know, test of time. But For I sure. think it also sure. I think it also is because there's a certain they made sure that the people who actually or, who were organizing and doing it weren't just people who were like buddies of his, but actual fans. fans you know what I mean? Like the actual people who love the the, the history and the craft of what he did, you know. Yeah, yeah appreciate Let that the insight. Church amen. Definitely, oh, definitely. amen. Hey, amen. So yeah, so, so getting on to some more things, uh, we're gonna have some folks uh, share an experience when things just didn't go right for you on the night of the performance. We can't just talk about all the good stuff. Let's talk about some of the challenges. So up first, my man Slim Cat. Uh. I think um, there was a there was a um, there was a time where I think we were at the Fillmore and um, my part was coming up. I was I was uh, programming the well. I was actually tapping the drums out live for Big Booty Express. And in my mind, I was just like, I cannot mess this up at all. I can't do it, you know. And um, so I'm looking at Aaron. Aaron Harding is well, he was the keyboard player. Um, for that Fillmore show, and uh, Aaron's looking at me, laughing at me, like, "Look, man, I got you. Just don't worry about it. I got you." <laughs> and um, my hand slipped the NPC, and uh, Aaron was just like, "On the one, boom, caught it back." That was about. It. But I don't even, I don't recall anything kind of going wrong. I think if it was a, if it was a mistake, it was actually uh. A perfect mistake, like you know, you kind of was kind of just fell in. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never really remembered any times where we just kind of like things just went left for the bad, you know. All right, cool. Yeah. Aaron, I kind of want to hear about this the horn player mistakes. Let's talk about those. Well, I had one, and I'm trying to remember which tune, and I think it might have been Gobstoppers. Um, um, uh, or I don't know if it was that one or, um. But it's a lot of notes in the part, and <laughs> always, <laughs> always. And the the problem wasn't so much the part itself, but I think the entrance. Yep. And and it's like I never really heard the entrance right, and so I kind of faked through it. And then you know after playing it, I just kind of looked over at John Lane, and John Lane's kind of like, really. Yeah. Really, nigga. Really, nigga. That's what you went with. I'm like, really, I'm like, sorry, uh, you know. <laughs> Damn. That was, that was, Wait, which song was this? I can't. Gobstoppers. I, I, I can't remember if it was Gobstoppers because I think what happened is that flute part, the flute wasn't there. The so flute I had part? No, the flute was not there. I'm glad you pointed that out. <laughs> right. And so then I had to, I had to play that part. I'm sitting here waiting for my call. Oh, that's after the police. Oh, the police. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm ready. By the way, my my dukes, I gotta I gotta tell you, Trey will never let me live this down. He's mad that I didn't include him 
because oh. I said Jay Dilla didn't really produce a whole lot of stuff with flutes except, you know, after police. So he learned it. He just learned it like yesterday. He posted on Facebook. He posted on Facebook today. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's cool. So he's ready whenever we do it again. Never too late. And you know, call my phone. Call John. John remembers this one too because at the Howard, um, you know, I told him I said, "Hey man, you know, I got a new GoPro, so I'm gonna hook you up. I have a drum cam for you." You know. um, Oh yeah. So yeah. I set this thing up and I started to, you know, I went to start recording and it kept stopping. It would start yeah. and stop recording. It would stop and start and stop recording. And I never got it to work. And you could see me hiding behind John, pulling it down, trying to fix it, doing, I, I'm going back and forth, but I'm not playing, right. <laughs> working on this GoPro that's not working. And I realized what happened is a new GoPro and the SD card wasn't like an HD card. I needed like a... Uh, a better HD card, like a uh, SIM card, like a, uh, for HD card, and I just didn't have the right one, so I figured that out and got rid of that and bought new cards. So yeah, that, yeah but you should have seen my face when I was sitting there playing, and this dude, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why is he in my? I'm not gonna show another dude standing behind me. <laughs> I, I'm trying to fix it. I'm trying to fix it. I'm trying to fix it. And I, yeah, and I was mad because I'm like, I'm gonna get this damn thing to work. And it, I'm like, shouldn't you be playing trumpet? It's <laughs> in the GoPro. You know, I think the cool thing about it too is like, I think uh, Aaron said it yesterday. Since it was most like a, a family situation, like we've been on stage with each other for years. So when somebody did happen to miss a note or you know miss a cue or something like that, you just get that look like. Yeah, I, I know you missed it, but it's like you can come yeah. back to it. It's not a, it's not a big right. deal, yeah. and right. we're all we're all together. So you know, it's like it, it doesn't really. I think it, it, we it's missed the notion. That, <laughs> yeah, right. It's the notion that like if you don't make a big deal out of it, the audience won't make a big deal out of it. They don't know. And, they don't know. Like it's a part of the show. Like, and I think that shows to the professionalism of everybody that was involved from top to bottom on this production. You know that this question, this question could be directed towards Neela, who's not who's not here right now. She'll be in on the next segment. But someone actually commented, uh, by the way, we should let everybody know if you have a question, go ahead and put that in the comments and we'll try to answer it for you. But someone uh, looks like Groove Diva said in 2013, Bilal, uh, after we did a song, chewed Neela out. You remember that, Neela? No, it's terrible, okay? <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? It's on. It's on. It's on, it's on video. It's on video. I think. I think they'll show. They'll show the. Uh, the, the, the break. But you see Neela over on the right hand side. She's just kind of like standing there, not really doing anything. And Bilal took it personally. What are you doing? And yeah, he, no, he did not come to rehearsal. No, he didn't come to rehearsal. That's why I didn't know. Well, but, in his, but, but in his defense, he wasn't he wasn't booked. He wasn't booked until the day of. He came he came nearly at the eleventh hour. But Neela 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 absolutely killed the next song that we did, which was F the Police. And oh. and you know every, everybody saw that. So you know I didn't, oh, I am glad that you guys remember your, that. I didn't even remember what happened after that. I was so oh, yeah. I remember him chewing you out. 
I remember him chewing you out, yes. <laughs> and that's why nobody noticed Aaron's uh, missed entrance. Because Neela stole the show. There you go. Thank you, Neela. Thank you very much. You know what's oh. funny, too? Neela wasn't the only guitar player not playing. Like, Brock wasn't playing either. Oh, yeah. Brock, was running, Brock was running the sampler. Brock was standing <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was doing a McNasty build sample. Hey yeah. man, why you got 14 guitars on stage? Nobody's playing. <laughs> we just be prepared. We were, we are prepared. That's why that's what you need to know. All right. All right let's, so, um, let's move on. My bad. All right. So uh, another question for my Dukes. Um yes. how meticulous was Dilla when he was preparing for his performances? That guy. He never had to prepare, uh, just like he never ever had to study. Uh, he was scientifically precise on everything. And so there were no mistakes in his music. There were no mistakes in what he would do. Like I think you guys already know that he um, purposely fell behind or went ahead. He, he um, was, was used to singing. Even, you know, even uh, in choirs and also, you know, as a, a young man growing, growing up in choirs and things. And he always was mindful of accompanying uh, an artist and not overpowering the artist. Because mm. he had heard complaints from my group about that because we, we sang, you know, contemporary gospel for many years. And that was a problem when you have a guest a band behind you or something. Mm. Um, wow. But uh, there... He was meticulous. He he had OCD, period. You know, in life and everything had to be. You know, I was his housekeeper and his shopper. You know, during the time that, um, uh, you know, he lived alone, and everything had to be organized uh, precisely. Like cokes on coke shelf in the line, all had to have the same letter facing. If you open the refrigerator, all had to have a C facing. That nobody nobody could have a C and then an O. Behind that facing, something was really wrong. And you know, the, the wow. vegetable being in the fruits, red apples couldn't touch a green apple, and grapes had to be on their own side. And wow. Everything had wow. to be organized, and it could not be a crumb anywhere. And he would white glove after the merry maid leave. He white gloved the house even after the merry maids. And it was all, you know, it was no children in the house, and he didn't touch anything, and he dust like ridiculously you know i think if you've been in the studio with him i know rep you've seen him but it was never a half hour that passed if he wasn't dusting his equipment or something he oh. everything had to be like that and he ironed his own clothes from the time he was 14. so he was mm. it was like a, a early on thing and i could iron i'm old school <laughs> I, I could iron you know i, I come from the ringer washer days and ironing with a with a real iron but he had his Clothes had to stand up alone, you know. <laughs> Creases had to stand up alone, seriously. Everything, wow. everything, everything wow. folded, you know. And so when I once I got a knack for it and wanted to do something, I would iron his like uh, undershirts or boxes or something because it had to be precise. Everything had to. And then he never wore the same pair of socks twice. Once he takes, wow, that's it. You know? mm. He caught Yo. me. He caught me taking the bag uh, of them out. 
supposed to take the garbage, and I realized it was a bag full of new socks, and I was taking it back. But it was Jay, so I get her ready for high school, you know. I'm like, okay, he had I wash every day, you know, or well, every other day, and it was Jay's in high school playing basketball. I could use these socks. He caught me going out the door. Where are you going with that? <laughs> <laughs> and like yeah, he said, wow. uh-uh, uh-uh, the garbage is over there. And I was on my way out to my, my truck, you know, that he bought me. Wow. <laughs> like, okay, got to take it. I was sick because I'm going to got a garbage bag full, you know. <laughs> Uh, man, that shows you that he knew his music was perfect. That shows you right yeah. there that he knew his music was perfect. Like yeah. you can't, it, you ain't gonna, to, you're not gonna tell him. Exactly. Hey, you know, I mean, there, were, okay. there were times that he took something and and I thought he was finished, and he he said, "Put this on a certain shelf, certain place." Like he's, like Grab said, he knew where everything was. Every record you could name an wow. artist, he knew where their work was. He knew which record he might have ten albums by them. He knew how many records, albums down it was to that particular record you asked about. So he would tell me, go to the M's, look for this here, go down how many? And he said, okay, do you see this name? And I said, yes. And uh, that was when he was in a wheelchair. And he said, okay, go down three. And I go down three and I pull out. He said, and he would describe the cover. And so that's how I knew it was the right one because he would describe the cover. And I'm like, I'm having a hard time looking at it, but he's like, okay, bring it. And you know. And that's how he was. But talking about that organizing uh, records, my sister, my niece, and and, uh, myself, we worked eight-hour shifts every day for, yeah, organizing a storage locker. So it was a joke. You know, he paid us well, but it was like, we were sweated bullets, you know. Wow. Because he came and checked it out, and it was uh, a whole shelf that we had done. We bought shelves from, like, a record store. That had wow. closed, and so you know how big it, it was, and mm-hmm. one of the shelves had to be taken down and completely redone. He just looked at it. He said, "Oh no!" He said, "You got these over here." He said, "That's special." Yeah. But he didn't tell us that before we organized. Right. Our only certain artists had to go on that shelf, and I think wow. they were mostly artists from overseas that he had bought records for, but he knew who they were. And uh, would tell us how to organize it, certain names, certain <clears throat> channels. I guess he had a, like a tier system, you know, for the artists. Was there ever a time, Mrs. Nancy, where you were like, does this boy know that I'm his mother? <laughs> uh, yes. And you know what? Like he told me, he had to suffer the consequences. I was a disciplinarian in the home. Okay. And uh, when it came to studio time and things he had to do, I say, well, you know, you missed your lab today. What if he said, well, you know, I get to go to AMPS. I promised him I'd do a session for him. I said, well, you got lab week at aeronautics school. And he said, well, you know, I got I got to do my music, so I just have to suffer the consequences. So he was telling me that if I want to just get that strap or something and get it, because he was going to do that. Wow. You know, so I'm wow. like, you me. and so what can I say? Yeah, and he meant that. You know, and, and the next, wow. and I spanked the hands of my children. I would spank them on the hand. Well, not I hit them on the hand or something, but I hit them with something. And he said, <laughs> you know, and uh, but he never, ever, ever from a child, little child on would cry. He would never shed a tear. I never got that. Because mm, wow. I don't care mm. if I had beat him 50 times in the hand, he was going to look at me in my face and like, Whatever. I'm gonna still do this music. <laughs> right. yeah. wow, okay. He would not flinch. Are you he done? He would mom? not flinch. He would not 
do anything. Just let me go wow. at it. And, and that's all you got, Mom. You know, that's all you got. That's, you know, <laughs> he was a perfect child, other than that moment. So I couldn't. I couldn't front. You know? Is that why he? Is that why he made one for Ghost? Is is that why? Did he take all those tears? Oh, 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 no, no. no, but he Good never question. got beat. He never got beat. You know, but I got. I I know that song. I love that song because I thought about That's it. That's funny times. though. Whooping over the strap. Did he make that song? Oh, man. Man. <laughs> like that. Used to strap. Yeah, when I was bad. Oh, man. Man. You know, but he was never bad, so I couldn't. I can't even try. Anymore. That's dope. Uh, that's that was amazing. Yeah. Wow. 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 Um, all right. So that that was a, a amazing story. It was good to listen. Um, it, it, some of it was even uh, encouraging for uh, some of my own little quirks. And I think I'm crazy, so <laughs> thank you for sharing that with us. Um, so, um, Neela, can you tell us the most difficult song to learn and, and, and perform out of the, out of the uh, songs that you had to do for the DC Love Stiller? Oh, um. I don't remember the names of a lot of the songs because it's been a while. I mean, it's been like five years. <laughs> but I, and we're like, it's the one that was like, that's the serious joke. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. serious. Um, that's so, the one that Dennis. That's the one that Dennis said last night. Yeah, yeah, yes, he it said. Is. Oh that yeah, one. that was so hard. Which one was that? Yeah, well, you can blame Dilla. <laughs> you can blame Dilla. And, and I should I should also mention that that Dilla sample when he sampled that he slowed it down. Oh, slowed it way down. He slowed it way down. The original is way faster. Who was that? That's uh. Stereo Lab or something is that? What is nah, that? Nah, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's an unheard of group. I can't remember the name, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's. I can tell you right now though, I don't feel better about that since you said he slowed. Wait, wait, who is it? Who is it? Is that? <laughs> I don't know if I want to reveal it. You know, I don't want to know cats. I don't like to, you know. Oh yeah, let's uh, not yeah. reveal. Let's not reveal any villa secrets. We just talked about this snitches. Yeah. No snitching. <laughs> let's not. <laughs> we, are not we are not. We are not who sampled. We're live on the air com. right now. There will be no, no snitching. Com. No snitching. And <laughs> oh, speaking of being live on the air, uh, our producer is beating me upside the head uh, yeah. um, through messages. Mm-hmm. We need, hey, hey, Jay, I, I didn't, come on now. Uh, <laughs> we need to take a break. We need to take a break. We got to pay yes, our bills. Do. So um, the next uh, uh, break will be uh, some more uh, video footage I think you'll enjoy, and we'll be back with our next segment.
Beautiful man, god damn, it's packed in here. Hands in the sky one time, y'all. Yo, it's right now we're the place to be. We can't find our sending our PJD. Don't let me see you touch the sky. Let me see you wave your hands up. Right high. Here, it's right here, it's right here. So we're back. We're back. Uh, so let's get back into right back into our questions. We uh, want to make the most out of our time. Um, so we're going to jump in and I uh, got another question from my Dukes. Um, so please describe a moment when you randomly heard a song that Dilla sampled. Like you heard it after you heard the sample. After I heard the sample. Then you heard the song and you go, oh, that's the, you know, that, that kind of thing. <laughs> I, I really, I, you know what? I really can't say. Um, She's like, I put him on all that music. So he, <laughs> right, exactly. Right. I, I think, you know what? I think um, I can't really remember the name 
of the song, but it was, uh, he had an intro and a track, and it was not Fuck the Police, but it was another song that was like hard driving. Mm. And it used uh, sort of like a chamber music intro to it. Oh. I can't think of what it was. Chamber music. Because I remember when I heard it, I got excited because it was like <laughs> my kind of music at the cat at that time. And I'm like, wow, he's going to use something that I like classical music. And I got up and I went to the top of the stairs. And I remember sitting at the kitchen table because I had the daycare upstairs at the time. And I went to the top of the stairs. And by the time I got to the ledge, he he knew I was coming. He might have done it on purpose and saw me looking down. And he asked me, he said, where are you going, lady? And so I had to back up because I was not allowed down there while he was <laughs> working on the studio. Working. I was oh, not allowed wow. to hear because, you know, um, out of respect, he didn't want me to hear the language, even though he got a lot of it from my mom. <laughs> he didn't want to hear no. So wow. since you no. since you uh, since you mentioned that, was there ever a time where you tried to influence him? Like you should use this record, you should use that record. Was oh that no, I knew I knew better. Okay. Uh, <laughs> even though I, had, <laughs> I respect that so much. No, That's no, a lie. I, I knew better. You know, there was a thing that I respected him as an artist, and uh, because I was employed by him, you know, I was like his his. Uh, second Detroit manager. You know, when he was on tour with, with Tim, who was his manager, then I would take care of things at home and when artists call or wanted to book or come to the house to perform or like at the end of the year when everybody wanted to come. That was my job to handle that. Uh, so I knew to stay in my place and treat him as I would anybody else that I was working for. You know, I, I appreciated that. Hmm. However, uh, as his mom, if he asked me a question or asked me to do something, I was pleased to, to help, you know, and, and uh, he honored me in that respect. So it was like I could I could keep it at a medium, you know. I knew better. Even when he was sick and doctors told me, well, you need to tell your son this, that, or the other. I'm like, no, I'm, that's my son. He's a man, and I respect that, and I know where to step off at. And they thought I was crazy. Wow. And that was when he was sick, but I had to treat him as a, he was a man. I would treat him like I would any man. I, you don't tell a man what to do when they made up their mind what they want to do. You respect Message. that man, you know. Mm. So, and that's Message. how it was. And we got along great. Huh. Wow. Wow. <laughs> One of the wow, greatest wow. things that I remember in rehearsal was when Slum Village came. This is when Illa J was in the group, and okay. I don't remember what song they were rehearsing, but we were rehearsing a song, and Illa J had a verse, and we had to do it over again. And Ma Dukes was there. Ma Dukes was sitting in a chair in the back of the room in the corner. And T3 was like, all right, well, let's, let's do it again. And, you know, I'm fixing something over here, talking to the horns. And while that's happening, Ma Dukes gets up very quietly, nonchalantly, walks up to Illa J. And she looked like a head coach talking to the quarterback. She proceeded to tell Illa J, listen, you have to do it like this because when Dilla when Dilla did it he did it like this you have to so you know you and LJ is just like okay okay just seeing Ma Dukes like taking the reins of like a manager like a real manager and fa like facilitating information 
saying, if you're going to do this song, you got to do it the way Dilla did it. And that made me sweat bullets because I was like, am I arranging these songs the right way? Like, says, my dude's going to come up to me and say, when you play the drums, you can't play it. <laughs> you need to have a little bit more sway. I was just waiting for her to come up to me and, and, and you correct you. Hey, come on, man. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You mean all that was like, that just goes to show you, man, you cannot mess with the Yancey family. Like, they were just, they were so meticulous about, about the craft. And that just made me have the respect of it so much more. And it made it, that's for, for me, that's what made the concerts so much better for me because I'm like, I know all of these artists in this panel and last night and everyone who performed and in the band, they're capable of taking the information that I'm giving them and they're able to do exactly what it is that can confirm how big Dilla was. So that was just a little side note. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> but you know, I, I couldn't. I wouldn't. I didn't re even remember doing it. But I would never have done it had he been um, in control of what he possessed. Sure. All my children had to start at, at two, three years old singing, and he was no exception. He came along late. He was a kid brother. Everybody would deal with thirteen when he came along. You know, when he was birthed. But he still had to go by the same family rules, and everybody, by the time they were four, even my granddaughter now, uh, when she was two, she can sing Manhattan Transfer, and she had a partner to sing any part. Uh, but that's how they were taught, and taught to sing a cappella uh, here so they can hear themselves and uh, be able to do more than one part. And that was just how we enjoyed each other, but that was what we did. So you can't sing no bad note up in here. And, and when we went to the when we went to the studio to record, we always um, knew that we only would do one take. We go to uh, United Sound. We always went to the best studios, but you go with the expectation that if necessary, you would have to cut twice. But ninety percent of the time, it's one take, and, and everybody's done because you don't go unprepared. And that was wow. with any group. We train, train, train them. Uh, I hated the part that if they didn't do their part, I had to sing their part too, because I felt like put up on because I wouldn't get paid because I still had to cook dinner and everything else for my wife. Oh, wow. Still had to do everybody else's something. And when somebody didn't do something, they looked, everybody looked at me. So that meant I had to do their part. And that was, I felt unfair. But when it came to time to go to the studio, you know, I understood that that was what made it work. Because if I assist and we get it done faster, you're ready on the first take. Everybody, you know, that person in charge knows that you know what you're supposed to do, whether you read music or not, you listen and, and know what you're supposed to be doing. Because if one mm. person messes up, everybody else can't come in right. No guarantee, you know. So Meticulous. That's yeah, all that's I got to say. I, I didn't think it was that. I just thought that everybody, if everybody knows that one, two, three, you on, hey, make it mm. happen. For sure, for sure. So. All right, thank you, my dukes. Uh, we got an audience question for Slim Cat. Slim Cat has a fan base out here that, that wants to know: um, Did the different venues and/or new technology offer new capabilities and creative ways to mix the show? Uh, it's funny. Um, during during the DC Love Villa shows, um. 
I didn't really get a chance to talk with any of the tech people. But from what I remember, the recordings that we we uh, we got back, I think John Lane can answer that, but the recordings we got back, I know one of the very good sounding recordings was from um, the Black Cat. Yeah, that was definitely uh, that was definitely one of the best mixed shows. That was just the right room. It wasn't too big. It wasn't right. too small. Uh, and uh, I think we we the guys working there. Uh, actually, I think no, we hired Frank Marchand, who's a who's a they, they call him the Punisher. He's out of uh, he's out of Maryland. Um, he's a, an incredible, I think he mixed like Dave Matthews band or something like that, won a Grammy, for but he can't, he mixed, he mixed that show. So yeah, the black cat, I'll tell you what the worst recorded or the worst, uh, <laughs> show was, oh boy. uh, was the Fillmore. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Fillmore. Yes, sir. It was the Fillmore because Robert Glasper, I remember Robert Glasper did not get a chance to sound check because the, uh, the, the, the monitor guy was someone who didn't know anything about monitors. And so everybody's monitor wasn't working. And we spent two trying to fix the monitors. And then the head guy came up and was like, yeah, we got to open doors. And Robert Glasper got up and said, we're going to hold doors. And he's like, no, we're not going to hold doors. We're going to open doors. He's like, no, we're going to hold doors because the sound sucks. He goes, do you know who I am? Do you know that there's people here to see me tonight? I'm like, oh, oh, okay, okay, well, uh, <laughs> all right. And they held the doors. All that to say, they held the doors. So, the Fillmore show was hard, period, man. It was a hard night. <laughs> it was a long night. It was a long night. Six hour show, 20 hour sound check. Did I erase that one? I don't remember. Six hours. But Graf said he don't remember. I barely remember hosting that. That was the show. That was a show. Dub brought up Tobias. Yeah. Tobias. Um, we also okay. had uh, okay. Terrence Cunningham who did Bilal's joint. Uh, okay. Guilty Simpson was on that show. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I remember that show because they had no backline. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. What? This is the we never we never we never went yeah we never went back. So it didn't matter. Wow. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Trey. <laughs> hey, so so grab uh, the same yeah. question that I just asked my Dukes a little bit ago. Um, can you tell us a time that you randomly heard a, a Dilla song sampled? Um, man. Well, similar oh, question. Uh, but this one is yeah. When you heard a uh, Dilla song sampled by someone else? When when oh. Oh, heard a Dilla song sampled by yeah. someone else? Yeah, I'm going to flip it a little bit. Have you heard okay. one sampled by someone else? You, so, so uh, an actual track that he made that they sampled to do something else with? Right. Or are you just saying uh, the same sample that he used? Well, did they I, I think the question is, I, I think the, no, I think the question is, uh, uh, I don't mean to be was different. there, was there, oh, ever, was there ever a time you heard a song that Dilla sampled? Like you was randomly like in a grocery store and they had some oh, throwback oh, music on you. Oh yeah, yeah. Dilla, Dilla took that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I think I was in Marshall one time and heard something. 
<laughs> I was probably right in the of grabbing a nice polo or something. And was like, oh, <laughs> or, or a candle. Yeah, $2 yeah. Washington jersey. Polo or candle. Yeah. Robert Griffin III jersey for $2. Yeah. Oh, what? here you go. Anytime I hear Bobby Caldwell, you know what I mean? Um, open your eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anytime you okay. hear that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's real. But um, yeah, I was in Marshall's one time and I heard, I forgot what I heard, but I did it. So I'm like, yo, I said, oh, that's the oh, that's man, the great that's, that's the greatest thing, man. Telling you, yeah, yeah, I heard it. I heard the, the the hit. Yeah, that's the greatest feeling in the world for like DJs and producers is like when you just randomly come upon a sample. I just posted on my Instagram the first time I heard the sleeping like a dog sample because that was the most like that that original sample was was this was the song that everyone could not find even Questlove couldn't find that joint like and he he falsely he falsely uh said i think he said it was like paul revere and the raiders and everybody went out and bought paul revere and the raiders the stock for paul revere and the raiders went up for like a week and then everybody went on youtube and was like nah that's not it is that it like nah it's not it and then finally somebody found it it was a bar band from kentucky yep oh my goodness yeah it was so random i got it right here i'm not gonna show y'all but this <laughs> it's such a great feeling man mm. dope 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 love ballad you know you could be somewhere in here love ballad by ltd yep yep you know you hear it, I can't, you hear it the I way can't, he did it. You know, I can't not hear the Ozzy Brothers now and not hear the sample. You know mm-hmm. that, and it's like, whoa! Mm-hmm. He flipped the shit out of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Genius. Sorry. Go ahead, Trey. All right. So, um, hey, uh, Ma Dukes, can you talk about uh, when you uh, about convincing Music Soul Child to do DC Love Dilla? Well, I tell you, that wasn't hard. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he was, he was, uh, I, I loved him. The first time I went to see him, uh, he was uh, performing at the Opera House in Detroit. And uh, I, I was just like a, a kid at Christmas time, you know, just like all stars and, and just like it's so excited. I've never seen such a packed house and people going so crazy with this one man show as as a vocalist like that in Detroit. Because Detroit is kind of like a hard place to pack. Yeah. Um, you got people that Detroiters won't spend money to go to a show or do anything unless they're performing. They don't support, I, I must say this and it's true, and I don't care who's listening from Detroit, they don't support each other as artists like they should. Mm. And, uh, but, you'll get the support mm. outside of there. And, and that's only, okay. that's just like how it is. Okay, I've complained about it to the artist, so they know. <laughs> it's not the first time I've said it. But um, wow. I, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's something, it's something about that that, that, that mm. it makes that difference. Mm. Uh, I'm pretty sure you don't have any problems convincing any artists to do anything because of who well, you are. I will say that, but I'll tell you what, and this is going to be, just make a note, guys. 
if I if someone asked you uh, or asked me or have been asked to participate in the Dilla event and uh, there are no show or they insist that how much they love Dilla but they're not willing to work with other people to make it happen I don't ask twice that's real though that's real and, I, and it doesn't have to come from me if I get win and people uh, people call me I keep in touch with everybody all year round grab can uh, say that again. I'll text him and send him a, uh, me, yeah. I hit him on message in a heartbeat you know I, yeah. I keep in touch if you reach me I'm gonna hit you back no doubt but if I get win that this is how it is so it's all good it'll, it'll be a it'll be snowing in the desert because the light shine from above and his clouds roll back and told me hey get his due to call because I'm not doing it you know uh, it, it's wow. about uh, not putting yourself above other people and right. it's about being real about what you say yeah it's about loving the, it's about loving the art and just respecting what he did man yeah. it's about loving the art and respecting uh the art and respecting oneself yeah. you never know when when that time's gonna come around that you need somebody and we have to support one another it's like not a big percentage of us here in the united states well, I'm still a part of the United States, okay? <laughs> I'm not a great percentage. And so, you know, we have to support one another. That's how we become great and more. It's by holding each other up and making the world realize that they cannot survive or do great things without us. All right. Kings that's and queens right. own and rule this, this world. And that's what it's going to come back to. All right, so um, uh, Mr. Timekeeper John, I think we need to take another break. What'd you say? That's a perfect way to. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, That's perfect. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna do another break. I think you guys are conditioned by now to know that you're gonna get some more music during the break, and we'll be right back.
So we're back from the break. Sheesh. Um, yeah, yeah. Wow. So back from my last segment. Um, any quick thoughts amazing. on that? All right. That's beautiful. No, but I, I quick now. Yeah. Rest in peace, Dylan and Batin. <laughs> there's a there's a great story about how uh, Dylan made the intro to Fantastic Volume Two, the Amphidla Tales. So if if no one is familiar, go listen to the first song. Uh, the intro the fantastic volume two and uh everyone thought that he played keys on that but am fiddler says he took one lead synth sound and he just played it using the pads on the npc and then he went back and he played a different harmony and then he went back and played like the fifth and then the ninth and then the seventh and that's how he made that intro like, it just baffles my mind, yo. Like, could have grabbed a keyboard to do that, but nah. He could have got a keyboard player to do it, but he did it on the MPC. Like one note at a time, not, not one note, but just like one one melodic line after a time at a time. Like that's that's genius mentality right there to to just say to yourself, Nah, I'm gonna do it like this. <laughs> yeah. Which anyway. one? Which which fantastic? The uh, volume two. Oh, the, the, I call that the Snoop intro. I was sad to her. Snoop. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be sick, yo. Yeah. Right. That'd be yeah. sick. I love that beat. All right. Amazing. So, wow, he did that with that? With the MP3000. Oh, oh, sick. All right, all right. So, um, quick question for uh, Neela: um, What did you learn? Something? Give us something. Anything you learned from the DC Loves Dilla experience? Um, I definitely learned about a lot of new music because I wasn't really familiar with Dilla before I started um, performing in the show. So it was always a learning experience, and the songs are always like challenging. Like, hmm. I definitely learned a lot of like musicianship. Um, during the rehearsals, uh, yeah, you definitely knew how to play running. Patience. <laughs> what? Patience. Oh yeah, running. Guys, I got it. Oh look, look. She's ready to play. Oh, here it goes. Here it goes. 
It was close. It was. I know it's been five years. <laughs> so, with that being said, Wes, why don't you Yo. give us something that you uh, you learned from your experience with DC Loves Dilla? Man, y'all might not like this, but I learned that some people don't belong on stage together. Um, I'm scared okay. for any details. I'm really, I'm really scared. Um, I mean, what I'm saying, what I mean by that, I mean, nah, what I mean by that, I mean, it's some, I remember from doing it multiple times I, and also from me, like maybe like working with John outside of Dilla, you know what I'm saying? Like there might've been every, so every blue moon, maybe, you know, he would tell me how maybe like there'd be some artists who would be pressing them out. You know, there's some artists, right. Uh, some artists and, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Courtney, uh, just for you viewing, that was a reference to a conversation that we had, had earlier in the yeah, yeah. I wasn't, some people aren't familiar with what yeah, yeah, inside I wasn't, joke. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, I was impersonating somebody at the actual Dilla event, but anyway, um, but nah, but I, but J- John would share with me how like he was sometimes like you know there'd be artists that be randomly like pressing them out like hey well how come I'm yeah. never on it or how never and a lot of times I mean he may not say this because he can't but a lot of times those people would end up being like the worst performers in my opinion <laughs> like they either they either would have, they would they would either have like they either they would either not like stay they would either like completely straight up like not remember their stuff or or just straight up or just straight up butcher it you know what i'm saying and i just think that i think that uh unfortunately sometimes when it comes to tributes quote unquote people have a tendency to forget that you are still professionals as and, and and when you're paying tribute to somebody who you know, I no offense, my dudes who who sounds pretty old, sounds pretty OCD like me. You you you, you can't <laughs> just. It's not just about the attention or being on stage or, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying the perception of of the prestige as the magicians would call it. It's not about the prestige, for you know, for uh, definitely the artists that I see on this screen, because a lot of you got most of you on this screen are multi faceted artist so you you rap you guys rap and do stuff so um i i i I, I think i think it's obvious you know when you can tell the difference between like mediocrity and like even just okay and i'm I'm just i'm just keeping it 100 that that the the dc dealer tributes really revealed to me even some artists that i used to like think were like caliber it really just kind of revealed why you know maybe they're not who they are and i think when you create when you when you set the stand when you set dylan set a standard so let's just make that clear because if he didn't set if he didn't set a standard he wouldn't have made the impact and we wouldn't be having this conversation and all of it so let's just make that clear for sure so it's just so it's important so it's just important that People, you know, when you're approaching these Dilla tributes or you're paying homage to Dilla, that is coming from an actual true place of service first before, like all that other, uh, you know, 
stuff that think, comes, uh, comes with the yeah, entertainment. I think business. that the people that we have here are are the people who made yeah. this podcast are the ones who who kind of had that attitude. But John ain't gonna oh, tell yeah. you. John ain't gonna so. tell you. It was a couple folks that totally you never know saw again. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, we made notes. You know I mean? We made notes. No. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I, you know, and I, and I, I always keep tabs on a, on a, on a, on a notepad. And that's probably was Dilla, and that was probably Dilla, you know, indirectly working in the spirit. You know what I'm saying? He had to go <laughs> so, uh, like, nah, like, oh, 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 wait a second, John. You think you think those go there? Oh, wait a second. No, 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 no. Those don't go there. This dude can do jealousy. Do you really go there? Those, those don't. Go there. No, no, no. Those don't go on that stage. They go, they go over there at that batch. You don't put them there. My, my Duke's told you. You know what I'm saying? Joe, <laughs> hey, Camber. So, what about you? Something you learned from the from the uh, experience? Um, I think it was uh, as being an artist. You know, we all kind of want ourselves in that big light spotlight when it turns on. You know, our eyes get bright. Uh, what I learned was um to be a role player um it was such a a huge event um for me if i had to come shoot a free throw that free throw is just as important as Bilal shooting the big three or jay hill making sure his stuff is right um i learned to sit back and be a fly on the wall and be as prepared as i can um coming in and doing the best job that i can do for the overall performance it wasn't mm. it wasn't about me it was about dilla and you know I wanted to make sure that everything that I was going to do or whatever they asked me to do, I did to the best of my ability. So, you know, even the piggyback off dub, it wasn't, it wasn't a Camber night. It wasn't Mm -hmm. a dub L night. It was a Dilla night. And it was, how can I go be the best artist I can be? And, you know, if, if John Lane asked me to cover one of his songs, you know, I'm not a drummer. I'm not going to take on that responsibility. (laughs) (laughs) But as a rapper, you know, it's like, I rap. I know how to rap, but, you know, finding these pockets and, you know, learning what it takes because, you know, we are instruments as well as everybody else in this room. Everything we do, you know, it involves music. So I just wanted to be the best musician possible. And every year I got a little bit better because I just stayed a little bit more patient. So that's what I learned a lot. The thing that I were like, the thing that I respect. Uh-oh. Okay, so anyway. Oh, Jay. Uh, well, y- 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 Turn over y- by the Wizards. Y- 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 Turn over by the Wizards. I mean, you know we always turn over. But um, it was so amazing for me to actually see other rappers, like, learn verses and do, like, a rapper song because you just don't get that. You like to, in, as far as what I've seen, I've never seen anybody do a Biggie tribute and learn all the Biggie stuff. You know what I'm saying? Learn all the Tupac stuff. You don't do that. You might do something over his yeah. tracks, but you don't really learn his like lyrics like word for word. So that's the thing that I loved about it because I got to see people really nail his shit the best way they could. Of course, not being him. So it was just amazing for me to just experience that. <laughs> Wow. 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 All right. So um, I have an audience question that I that I want to pose to the group. Um, So um, if uh, production. Boom. There it is. So everyone can see the question, but I'll read it anyway. I wonder if community support is a perennial issue. I've heard local musicians say that about D.C. as well. 
to all. To all. That's who the question is posed to everybody. Have you seen that in many places? And I don't have to uh, uh, ask anybody for this. You guys aren't very shy in this group, so have at it. Somebody else wow. take over first. I, I, I'm going to answer it, but I don't want to take up all the time. I've been like this. Okay. Oh, you're all good. Night, you all good. Dylan, I'm, 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 what you talking about? Yeah. What? I mean, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be short. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be short. Um, community, community support is definitely very important, especially. Um, I should say especially, but uh, in the D.C. area, that's how live music was birthed in the '70s, when Chuck Brown decided to take um, his own music, and he would play in DC bars like five to six nights a week for like two years. And it birthed uh, what we now know as go-go music. Yes. You know, he made his voice heard and it was the people who came out to see him. It was, it was that support. Now I will say that that was probably because of the fact that there was no social media back then and not a whole lot of technology. However, when you go to a go-go, when you go to see a go-go show, today it's packed absolutely packed so i think it is uh, essentially important and that's part of the reason why i started dc loves dilla was not 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 only because i wanted people to understand why we love dilla so much and to get his name out there but it was also so that everyone could support the local artists that i had uh performing as well because they were very very special in inspiring other musicians in the area to be who they are. So I uh, definitely think that community support is extremely important in all facets of any local circuit. And if that's not going to work, you at least need to try a united front. And I think that most cities like DC and Detroit, they often, because they're fighting for the perception of what New York has or LA has or the South has, there's this lack of ability to really understand that like philly if you you ask anybody from philly they'll be the first ones to tell you like oh them niggas they all be fighting each other and they don't get along but on the outside you would think if you look at the philly movement in terms of like when they were real when they was real when that hardcore when it was everybody the roots jazzy fat nasties jaguar right everybody they were just all just coming you would think like oh wow philadelphia is like indestructible like they're so united i think that dc and 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 also for example like a place like detroit because we are uh originators when it comes to our sounds of music you know them being known as the, the capital of electronic music and dc being a capital of go-go music because we have never really gotten that superficial validation or stamp like if you want to be an artist go to dc if you want to be an artist, go to Detroit. If you want to be an artist, go to Texas. You never get that. So I think what causes, what happens is it, it becomes this internal desire to compete against each other because they start feeling like, well, since we're not being recognized as a community or as a city, it, it must be something that I got to do. I, I got to be the one to like do it, yeah. or I, or, mm -hmm. or maybe that. And so it, it tends to happen that way. Um, and I don't think it's on purpose. I think it's just kind of the, the shrapnel of the music industry being primarily focused in other, you know, yo, parts yo, of the show. Yeah, yeah, yo. So, Slim, can you weigh in on that? What you, what you think, man? 
uh, on on the question. That we, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Just like on community support. Uh, community support. It's. Um, I I think it's. I mean, I I guess it's 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 how one person perceives it. It's like, um, you know. Uh, obviously, we we all have some time to each other because we're here in this and all of these squares right now. You know, we other than DC Love Dilla, we've actually done music together. So, I consider everything. True. True. I consider all of y'all community. You know what I mean? True. Yeah. I feel like yeah. it's all in. Um, it's all in how honest you are with yourself and how honest you are with others mm. at the same time. You know what I mean? So. Sport I mean, that's not answer to that. It's, it's, it's just all in, all in how you view it, pretty much. For sure, for sure, for sure. Dope, dope, dope. What he said. Right. What you <laughs> say there, Grab? <laughs> what he said. I'll, I'll, I'll weigh in now, and but I'm, I must say uh, that, in fact, D.C. does possess that and. And that's where it's at for, for artists. They don't admit it. But even in Detroit, I, I knew, and I wasn't a traveling artist, but I knew that the place to go would be D.C. What I witnessed when I was living in D.C., and even before I moved there, was that the, you have community within your artists. And the support that mm-hmm. came together for, for the Dilla events shows that there was uh, at least a percentage mm-hmm. of unity within those groups that, that performed and everybody wanted to see everybody do well. Nobody was yeah. trying to keep somebody and and the love and the um, the applause and the happiness it exudes the building, you know. And uh, that doesn't happen every, everywhere. You can be in a Fillmore, Detroit, and and it could be cold, and you wonder what's what's going on. But that wouldn't happen in in D.C. now. DC, of course, there were things that maybe should have went different at the Fillmore. However, <laughs> on ninety-five percent of the events were like just like off the effing chain. Wow! <laughs> and wow. and I, I was there, so I know. And, right. and let me wow. tell you something: you might not know it, but I am such a critical person about mm. everything mm. With, with music. And I and I didn't know it. I, mm. I wouldn't accept it until um, Tony kind of let me see myself. You know, I'm critical about <laughs> everything. You know, I don't care who it is, what it is, and the fact that Gogo should have put you guys on a map is mm. period. Everybody mm-hmm. needs funk, and that is the embodiment mm. of that. Mm-hmm. And everything that that comes with it. Now I know that they love DC, and 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 uh, all all about it. I know from uh, his manager Tim Maynard about hearing about what DC was about and and what slum. You know they would look forward to coming to DC for different things. I know listening to uh, artists and groups even before Dilla's. You know before I got involved with Dilla's stuff, that this that was a place. And, and to be ready when you go there. Because I've seen artists come from New York and other places and been there myself and they got chewed up and spit out. Wow. And, you know, but nobody in D.C. complained. But I was like, oh, you know, to myself. And people hold up New York and, and praise about all the artists that come out of there. And it's not always true. 
It's just that, look, everybody that come from Brooklyn is not on the top tier. So they're just like, Woo! for real, for real, for real. And I said it. Right. But I hear that more than anything. Wow, wow. And I love New York and I love my artists, but we're talking about some real stuff. And I just want to say that. And it's about musicians appreciating musicians and knowing that each artist, if they on a real serious note, possess their own. And if they bring it out and they really care about what they're doing, they're not going to waste it because it, it's a lot that goes into it. Time, money, effort, mind control, because you have to be able to house all of this creativity. And it's not a play thing. So, DC, I, hey, what you going to do, DC? so 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 i want to say thank you to everybody um thank you my duke so we're not leaving you we're going to close with you we we just i just want to ask you to uh tell everybody about the dilla scholarship just put the word out there yeah the j dilla tech grant that is a the uh product of the vh1 save the music program And this is through eternity. This is not just a a year, this year we're going to do this the next year. This is through eternity. It will always be. And uh, it's been, this is the, we're going into the third year. Even though it was a pandemic last year, by the end of the, by the middle of the year, uh, they had decided to make it possible that some teachers could get the equipment uh, and have it at the students' homes that they can work with their, virtually with their instructors. Uh, but the application, if you go to the James D. Yancey Foundation dot org site, it'll tell you about the application and how to do it. And and uh, it's very simple. It's not a long drawn out thing. It's not uh, who you are. It's not biased in any manner. Doesn't matter where you are in the United States. Uh, and it's ongoing uh, for the first year uh, and a half. It was just for high schools. But uh, in December, we added junior high schools, so you can also have that program in junior high schools as well. And uh, they supply all the equipment. We just have to have teachers that are willing. That's the main thing, is having a teacher that's willing to sacrifice that hour time for that class per week. So, very simple. You can do it. We have, uh, they have people that are in every state that are working. Uh, Philly's got a couple of high schools. New York has high schools. Uh, New Orleans has two high schools and the first middle school oh. as of December. We have one in Detroit because they just got off the ball and finally did it, Central High School. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. Uh, we have one in California as well. So uh, let's just go global and give the children what they need to be, come out of high school and be able to get a career in music on it whatever platform they want to do you know the equipment is there you don't have to worry about it. a lot of times we're held back because we don't have the money or the equipment and we don't have the you know the teachers but this can be done it's a lot of people that are willing to sacrifice that time and help the schools wow. to build a better future for our people and it's not racially biased by any means uh it doesn't matter where you are let's just find the individuals like like people on this panel that know what they're doing and want to participate and pay it forward for our young people. Let's get I'm one of them. Grants I, will, in high I will be, I will definitely be one. <laughs> yes. I would love yes. to be a part uh, of it. For sure. Thank you. Sure. And, and I will definitely uh, 
just let me know when you're doing it. I'll make sure that they got their ear to the grindstone. Absolutely. Forward in a, in Absolutely. a smooth way. All right. Okay. What a beautiful way Wonderful. to close. Talking about doing yeah. things for others. And oh, yes. I definitely want to thank you, my Dukes. It was a pleasure and a privilege. Um, oh, thank you. Thank Red. you, my Dukes. Yeah, thank my Dukes. Thank you, y'all. Thank you, Red. Red. Thank you, Grap. Thank you, Mila. I hope, this, I hope that you oh, know how much I love you. And we just, let's get our heads together and let's give people what they want. You know what? Right. Uh, we love Dilla. Uh, Wait, what? Hey, look, oh, DC loves my Dukes too. Huh? That's right. No DC loves right. my Dukes. Absolutely. DC loves, DC loves my Dukes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's make it happen, sure. guys. All right. Absolutely. Thanks to Camber and Slim Cat for joining us. Um, and shout, shout out, out to everybody in the chat. Sports Things Bros, Dennis, Aaron, Aaron Hill, and John. Oh, and Aaron. Aaron disappeared, but yeah, shout out to Aaron. <laughs> Um, for joining us, yeah, thanks um, for everything. Special, uh, special, uh, special, special, special thanks shout out to, to Maria. Maria Logan. Maria yeah, thank Logan. you, Maria. Now, yes. what Maria did, Maria produced a show full of producers talking about one of their favorite. No, <laughs> 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 there's levels to that's that. Like that. I just want you to think about what she, what she just yes. did. That's an infinite hole right there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> She's telling us what we need to do, and all of us are inputting, no, no, we need to produce like this. So there's this big conversation. So she's trying to keep together a bunch of people who are all used to running things. And she did this this on running things. She did this on like two days notice. It was a. It was two days. Uh, she's also telling you to shut up because we gotta end. Right. We gotta end it. Yeah, yeah we gotta do our plug, man. Oh yes, I gotta yeah, do, we gotta do our plug. So. Thank you, Trey. Thank you, Trey. Reverend. Reverend Dennis Turner, pastor. <laughs> thank <you. laughs> Again, uh, thank you, Trey, for being our moderator for DC yeah, panel day two. Um, again, I want to thank the panel. Um, I got to do a couple plugs. This is the business side of it. So um, I also want to thank uh, Unhinged Sports Networks for hosting us. Um, also, I want to thank StreamYard um, for this platform. Without this platform, we wouldn't have been able to oh, do yeah, this sure. panel. Yeah. So sure thank does. you to StreamYard. Um, I also have to thank Fubo TV and Fanatics.com. Huh. Now, those are the partnerships that we have at Sports and Things. So if you feel lucky, if you feel like you got a favorite team, go check out uh, Fanatics.com. Tell them we sent you, you get a discount. Also, Fubo TV, you get a seven-day trial if you tell them we sent you. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, Sports and Things as well. We nice. air every Saturday at uh, 12 noon on the Sports Net, uh, Sports uh, Unhinged Sports Network, and we're on everywhere you can find podcasts. So Apple. We Apple, don't just talk about DC sports, so it's not very yeah, yeah, important. We talk about everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah also, it's called, it's called Sports and things, things for a reason. Sports and Things for a reason. Right. Uh, and I also want to thank Facebook and YouTube Live for um, having sites that we can actually present this panel and have these discussions for people and um, celebrate the life of James uh Jay Deliancy. So yes. again, thank you all for coming on. My dude, and also, so last thing, a very, very special thanks to Tony Smith for for uh, getting oh, Tony yes. Smith. Shout out, well, shout out, shout out to Tony. Tony Smith. Thanks, yes. Tony. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate it. Yeah. So yeah, on absolutely. that note, uh, on that note, I want to thank you guys again. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure that yes. you go to the website um, and support, support us, support um, the James Dilla, uh, the J, uh, James Yancey uh, Foundation. Support everything that you can. And without the kids, we don't have a future. So, you know, exactly. get out there and support them. And on that note, right. I'm going to say peace and see peace. you next time. Thank you all.
Good night. Ha happy birthday, Dilla, on Sunday. Happy and birthday. All that. Yeah. And bless you all. <laughs> blessings of all Thank you, my dukes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, everybody, you beautiful, man. God damn, it's packed in here. Hands in the sky one time, y'all. Into music, get together to talk trash about whose teams is losing. So here we go, Deke Turner, John Lane, Trey Illy, Jay Hill, the MVP, court in the history. So now what? They got they mics and gizmos, podcast rapper for DC, what it is, mo. Yeah, we talking sports and things from rookies who bought the vets about to get more rings, plus more things like a jam session or something. Then we beefing cause our favorite team, John like slumming, John like pumping over podcasts and stereo. Every O, you want more than that whole hum? So here we go. Yeah, we go from bars to beats to podcast or Astro Turf with balls and cleats like that, y'all. Talking sports and things, uh, talking sports and things. Uh, Priest the Nomad up. Uh, talking sports and things, uh, we're talking sports and things. Deep Turner, John Lane. Talking sports and things, baby, we're talking sports and things. Trey Illy, Jake Hill. Talking sports and things, uh, talking sports and things. DC, baby. Thanks for listening to Sports and Things featuring John Lane, Trey Ely, Jay Hill, and Dennis Turner. Be sure to follow and subscribe for our upcoming episodes. You can also reach the team on Instagram at S-P-O-R-T-Z-A-N-D-T-H-I-N-G-Z and on Twitter at I-Z-S-P-O-R-T-Z. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 